Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode three of Adapt and Improve. I'm your host, Chris James. In this session, I talk to professional boxer Jack Massey. Jack signed to Frank Warren's Queensbury Promotions with a record of 17 wins with eight KOs and just one loss. He talks about sparring with Tyson Fury's cousin Huey, boxing behind closed doors with no fans, going over to the US to stay with MMA athlete Rampage Jackson and his plans to grab hold of a cruiserweight title in 2021. This is Adapt and Improve, featuring Jack Massey. Let's get into it. Thanks for coming on, man. You are coming off the back of a, a recent win against a dangerous fighter, Muhammad Ali Bayat. Do you now walk around town and, and tell people that you've beaten Muhammad Ali? <laughs> I could do, I suppose. Yeah, I could do. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one for him on record, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely, mate. All jokes aside, though, every single one of his victories before your match had come from, from knockouts. Knockouts, so yeah. clearly looking at a heavy hitter there. I thought you boxed really smart on the back foot, kept him at range well. How do you keep that long-term game plan over over that many rounds in place when someone's coming at you and they're trying to take your head off, you know that that's their aim? Yeah, so it was our game plan. You know, obviously he can bang. You know, you could say he's not four people, you know, up there, but to knock 16 out of 16, he, he, you know, he can obviously whack, you know, it's some are journeyman or whatever and some are, and, you know, these journeymen are, renowned for being you know very durable and being able to take a punch and, and last the distance because they got a fight a couple of weeks later but yeah we stuck to the game plan you know you just got can't be complacent and uh you know sometimes it's it's hard to want to get in there and give it him back when he's giving it to me and get into a bit of a fight but we just stuck to the game plan and uh and just boxed him long all the way through and previous to that you hadn't fought for a year is that purely down to covid or is it pullouts in there or yeah, purely down to COVID. We were set. We was waiting for a fight at the beginning of the year. Then it got pushed back, and then obviously COVID came in March, so it just messed everything up. But yeah, being out for a year, it's um, you can definitely definitely feel it a little bit when you're in there. You know, I thought we'd be all right. We got plenty of rounds in sparring before the fight, but you can definitely um, you can feel it a little bit. Obviously, it's changed everything. I think we're quite lucky to still just be able, as from a fan's perspective, to still be able to watch sport at the moment. Yeah, for athletes, the whole experience has changed. Mm-hmm. What was it like? What was the difference behind those closed doors? Very strange, to be honest. You know, I'll take me out to anyone what gets in there and does it at the minute. It was just, it was weird. There was, there was just no atmosphere whatsoever. But you know, we did what we had to do, and. I'm just lucky to be able to get a fight in this year. But, yeah, there's no atmosphere. And it was one of them where, a bit like sparring, to be honest, where you could feel the shots a little bit more. You, you know, you didn't have, you know, the usual amount of adre- adrenaline with the crowd there and everything. But, you know, it is what it is. Just happy that I've, I've got a fight in. So, obviously, you've experienced the crowd. Now you've, you've experienced no crowd. Yeah. What kind of an impact does it actually have? Did you miss it? Because I've done a couple of white collar fights myself and you kind of zone out anyway, I, I think. Yeah, you, you zone out. It's weird. You sort of feel like it's just you and him in the ring sometimes. You can't... Sometimes you pick up on certain voices or, you know, like girlfriend's parents or whatever. You, but, 
it's one of them where if you're in with a good shot or you get hit with a good shot and you hear the crowd, it's that sort of picks you up. Just a little bit, things like that. Obviously, without without a lot of people there, it's um, you know you're not going to get that. It's a strange feeling. Yeah, how, how many people were there in total at the BT event? Uh, I'd say I want to say it's probably 25, 30 in total. From a fan's point of view, I I think I actually prefer it without the crowds, just because of the, that noise. Yeah, and the punch connects. Yeah, you can hear the uh, hear the shots better on telly and stuff. It's better being there though, isn't it? Watching the fights. Yeah, I do think when you when you're there and you get in the mix. Like it's good on on TV watching it and you can hear the shots digging in, but I think it's uh, like me. I struggle. I watch a lot of big fights on telly, but if, you know, I struggle to get to watch a lot of shows. But if there's big fights, there's other fights I like going to the shows. If you know what I mean, instead of watching it on telly. Yeah, I think that the whole feeling about it is probably quite surreal when it's just a, an empty room, basically. Like you say, it's it's probably quieter than sparring, isn't it? Yeah, you've got no music kind of thing, so yeah, it's weird. I think the reason why I love boxing is the fact that so many of the skills that you build are transferable to life, and I, I, I try and instill them into my kids. So, you know, the discipline, the commitment, resilience, perseverance, the prep as well. But there's always that temptation lurking, I guess, in many forms. So I imagine it's quite tough to stay on course. What do you think the most frustrating thing is about being a fighter? To be honest, the most frustrating thing with me is probably um, the setbacks and the injuries and stuff like that, and not getting the, you know, the big fights at the right time when we should have done, and and just little things like that. You know, we got the British title fight with McCauley, uh ruptured my bicep for that. You know, a lot of injuries and setbacks, stuff like that. That's probably the most. When it comes to like, you know, you, you want to go out, like you said, the, the thing, you know, you want to go out with your mates and stuff like that. You know, I've been boxing since I was 11, so I'm used to that now, do you know what I mean? And I can, you know, do the camp, get the fight out of the way and, and let my hair down after the fight, so. So what's the worst injury you've had? I saw a really, really nice-looking nose injury on uh, your Instagram the other day. <laughs> was that bone? Yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> it pretty much went down to the bone, yeah. Um, it's happened a few times now, but that was um, that was from sparring, that it was a bar, Edgard. Oh, yeah, I got caught with a couple of uppercuts and it opened again. Nice. That and the um, the rupture to the back. I think the rupture to the bicep was the worst one. So it was most painful. Yeah, it was horrible. I was sparring with Huey, Huey Fiore, and I went to throw right up. And he sort of stuck his elbow out like that. And he hit his, my bicep right on his elbow. And it was literally, oh, worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Down at Salford, lads, I walked outside and I was physically sick outside. <laughs> it was that bad. Really? Yeah, it was horrible. So how long did that set you back for? It probably, to be honest, it wasn't too long. Um, like I said, it was it was running up to the, the Coley fight. I was supposed to have with a Coley. But I think I was back punching six, seven weeks after. So it wasn't, right. yeah, it wasn't It wasn't as long as you'd, you'd think it would be. So they're, they're the worst two, but I imagine uh, if you've been doing it from, for such a long time, since you were 11, there's, there's been a few more as well. Yeah, yeah, there's been loads. I feel like Frankenstein, I've, I've had an operation on my hand, obviously a scar there. Um, you know, I've had ribs, nose, you know, all sorts. Yeah, I feel like a broken man, but <laughs> still keep on fighting. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about nutrition. Lots of fighters now seem or say that they they stay fight ready all year rather than 
adopting that what I what I would call the Ricky Hatton approach, where they can eat, <laughs> eat and drink whatever they want outside yeah. camp, and then they zone in once a match is is agreed. How much difference is there in between your diet in and out of camp? Yeah, I stay on it pretty pretty fairly. Like my girlfriend, she likes eating clean anyway, so. That sort of helps, you know. We both take it in turns cooking food and that. So when we're in, out, like she, she cooks look most of the time. Like a lot of people have meal preps. I've, I've not got a meal prep. Stay on it fairly, you know. You got to have a little, a little cheat now and then, and you, you got to let your hair down. But you know, I don't balloon. I don't go too much overweight. I'll probably go to fifteen and a half max out of camp. Right. But I think Ricky and he's he had. I think he had a bit of them jeans as well, didn't he? Where he's, he tended to put the weight on. I mean, I mean, he did drink a lot of Guinness and eat a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. He's, uh, I think his jeans played quite a part there, didn't he? So yeah, definitely. Do you track your calories, um, especially when you're in camp, or do you, do you know if you got it down to a T from memory? Pretty much no. Yeah, from doing it. Yeah, from doing it. Pretty much no. To a certain extent, and the nutrition is helping me out. So sort of go off that. How long ago did you sign with Frank Warren? Frank Warren was, I want to say, nearly nearly three years. Maybe nearly three years now. Well, have you got a particular uh, number of fights that you have to stick to within that contract, or is it a time? time yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's. I think it's four fights, four fights a year. Was it three fights? I can't remember now. I've not looked at it for a while. <laughs> 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 My manager also tell me, but he'll be like, you know. But I think it's four fights. We want to stay, obviously, want to stay busy, you know, and, and try and get, you know, three to four fights now a year. Have you got a day job as well? No, full time now. Yeah, full time. Amazing. Uh, luckily, you know, I've got sponsors helping me out, which is great. Um, you know, so I can train full time, which is, you know, Gives you the best possible chance of becoming a champion, and you know, it's um, I, I polish like kitchen tops and stuff like that. You know, granite tops, marble tops, and stuff like that. I'm lugging that about for ten hours a day. You know, my dad would take me to train and drive me down. I was literally falling asleep in the car. <laughs> so it was, uh, get to train, you're just absolutely knackered. So you know, it's you're not getting the best out of it. But yeah, luckily, I've got sponsors helping me out, train full time. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And obviously, you get your money from the fights as well. One thing I've always wondered about, I never knew the answer to with regards to boxing. I know in UFC, if, if you get a victory, you get rewarded for it financially. Is that the same in, in boxing? Does it depend on contract or? It depends. Yeah, it depends on contracts. Sometimes with title fights, depending on who, who your promotion is. Like when I fought Riyad Paul, he was with Eddie Earn and I was a Frank Warren fight. It was. The winner takes you know the bigger purse. Yeah. But usually like these eight rounds and ten rounds and stuff like that, you you get a contract before the fight and it'll, it'll be the same. Or say like you, you contract with Frank Warren's fighters, you get a certain amount of purse around, if you know what I mean. So you fight an eight round you get you know so much. Doesn't matter if you knock them out in the first round, you still get the percentage for the full rounds, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Obviously, you're aiming for that if you can, but <laughs> it doesn't happen that frequently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you had interest from other promoters as well? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've had interest, but um, you know, obviously Frank Warren. I like, I like Frank. You know, he's a good promoter. He's he's been in the business a long time. You know, I think it's 40 years anniversary, wasn't it? I think it was this week or last week. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, you know, they're looking after me, doing a great job. So, yeah. Uh, you mentioned the Riyadhpur fight. That was obviously for the British Cruiserweight title. Yeah. You unfortunately lost. From what I saw, I probably would have edged it to you. I think there was a lot of holding from Riyadhpur. I think he was very, yeah. very lucky not to have points deducted. Mm, very lucky, yeah. He should have had a lot of points deducted for that. I was, but, yeah. I was screaming at the TV. I was on my own. I was screaming at the TV. How, yeah. how did it feel being so close to that title that you've been working near enough your whole life for and then having it, having it go to a decision? Yeah, it's disheartening. Um, I can always remember that like, in the fight vividly. I had this vivid memory of it. And I could see the belt outside the ring and I was looking at it thinking, I fucking want that belt, do you know what I mean? And it's frustrating. We was coming, coming together a little bit in the first four to five rounds we were clashing and coming together and you know he's grabbing hold or whatever but he hit me he hit me with a couple of good shots wobbled me then he tried getting me out of there and my head come back together and I looked at him and smiled at him and I think he thought you know I'm not getting this guy out of here and he sort of backed off a little bit and you know I, I put it on him and he just wanted to grab hold for the rest of the fight and the ref should have took points off him for that to be honest but it is what it is we'll get that opportunity again definitely yeah, I was just going to say, sounds like that opportunity will come. A couple more fights down the line, I imagine. So, what are your thoughts on, on the judge, Terry O'Connor, being photographed looking at his phone when he was supposed to be judging? Yeah, it was a funny one. You know, it's it's a bit it's a bit disheartening, isn't it? Look, you know, looking at stuff like that, but, you know, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do about it, so... And, uh, it's just one of those... Yeah, he was he was cleared of the allegations, I believe, but the result mm. that he gave in that Ritson fight was way off what I saw from home. Absolutely way off. <laughs> British Boxing Border Control said they were satisfied he didn't have a phone in his possession, but he'd have been better off yeah. admitting that he did have a phone because his scoring was that bad. Yeah. I can't remember what the excuse was. I don't know. What, I can't remember. But I don't know how he got cleared of it. I'm not too sure, but... It's it's absolute madness. It, for, I watched a video of it again earlier today, and it looks like he, all he does is check the time. But still, not good when yeah. when your scoring's that bad. It's been a lot of mad judging under recently. recently. Oh, horrendous! Yeah, uh, it's been a lot. Like the uh, the Arden Linda fight, one of the judges was way out, wasn't he? I don't know if you watched it. From what I saw, it was yeah, jabs landing every every ten seconds. Yeah, just wasn't working, was he? Yeah. No, he seemed a bit off. A bit bitter, weren't they, after? <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, that's, that that uh, face-off was brilliant as well. What's the? What do you think the worst decision is you've you've ever seen? Worst decision I've ever seen? Me and Riakpo. <laughs> just going to say, <laughs> apart from Riakpo. <laughs> uh, i trying to think. Say Callum Smith and Fingy was bad. Um, Ryder. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember that one quite well. I'm, I'm more of a fan of Smith than I am a rider as well, and I still... But yeah, that was a bad one. Smith and rider. So, looking forward, uh, the domestic cruiserweight division, obviously, number of strong contenders. Who's on the yeah. radar, the immediate radar? Looks booming. Um, obviously, title holders, you know, we're looking for a title next year. You know, you've got Bill and Smith, McCarthy... You know, you know, McCarthy's got European. You know, go for that British with Bill and Smith. That'd be a good fight. Yeah. Um, see what's there for the take. You know, you've got you know these these other titles like the WBO, Europeans in IBF. You know, them sort of titles. So see what's there. But um, definitely a title fight. 
Is there a plan to get out in the first quarter, January, February, March? Yeah, we're probably looking at end of Feb. End of Feb time, definitely get out. See what's there for the taking. Now we've had that fight, we're active now, so you know, got the ring rust out of there, so get back in after after Christmas. Well, a few quick fire questions. Fury or AJ? Fury. Josh Kelly or Connor Ben? Kelly. Most used app on your phone? Most used app? Um, probably WhatsApp. Favourite UFC fighter, past or present? Rampage Jackson. Nice. <laughs> Have you? He can whack. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah I bet he can. <laughs> yeah, I went over there, stayed with him for um, about a month. It was just over a month. Yeah, I stayed at his house. Well, yeah, lovely guy. Really nice guy. But yeah, he can bang. So you're living with him and fighting him at the same, yeah. at the same time. <laughs> got bit by his dog. <laughs> Did you? Was it his dog? Yeah, I got to go and spar with him. Got bit by his dog. <laughs> you can see it's gone on my nose there. It's, it's tooth. Just literally pulled away from it last minute. It's tooth went right through my nose. So we had to go home after that. I was fuming. I bet. What kind of dog was <laughs> it? Um, it's called, a, it's like a bull mastiff. One of them, you know, the clips here. Yeah. Andronicus bull mastiff is. Apparently it's like a really rare breeder. Dog, but yeah. yeah you wouldn't want to get in a tackle with it. Hanging off your nose, yeah, nice. <laughs> <Dead> like that. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's one of my favourites. Yeah, definitely, brilliant. Latest decent TV series you've seen? Sopranos. Yes, I've got a criteria for TV series. If Sopranos isn't in the top three, I don't take any recommendations from you. Uh, it's as simple as that. I'm not seeing uh, Game of Thrones though. Everyone's seen that, aren't they? I've not seen that. Never seen it. No, me either. I will do it one day, but I don't know. There's something just putting me off. I think it's because everyone raves on about it. It's like, nah, shut up. <laughs> Most played album of this year, of 2020? I don't know. I'll just pick and choose songs, to be honest. Um, probably Arctic Monkeys, whatever people say. What did you think to the latest one? It was, I can't remember. It was something Heartbeat Hotel or something. I can't remember. Yeah, it was all right. It's gone a bit thingy on it. It's a bit, what's the word for it? Um, I know what you mean. Sounds like it feels like you're on acid a bit. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, a bit acidy sort of like. And last but not least, mate, where can people follow you? Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm on all. Um, I think of my name on Instagram. I think it's Jack Massey Boxing. I think it's the same. Jack, maybe Jack Massey Boxing one on Twitter. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. Just type my name in there. And uh, you know, looking for a big year. Next year, you know, get some titles, some big title fights and, uh, you know, away we go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Much appreciated. Wish you the best of luck for the title fights. I'll be rooting for you. Thank you, mate. Cheers, Jack. See you later, Pop. it for this episode thanks to jack for taking the time out if you enjoyed it please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or preferably share it with a friend you can follow me on instagram at its.chris.james on the next episode i'll be speaking to minneapolis rap artist half dozen he's got a really interesting backstory is one hell of a rapper and talks at length about police brutality and how it shaped some of his music 
Stay tuned.